I want time freedom in my life. That is the number one thing that I want, uh, especially after going through the things that I went through this past year with losing uh, my wife. And you know, I've realized very, very quickly, like time is the one thing that you never get back. I would rather have less stuff and more time, spend time with my kids, spend time doing things that I love, taking more time off, going on vacations, seeing things, you know, doing cool things. You know, that, that to me is financial freedom. Midlife ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. (sighs) Trinity. Did you know that this statistic really shocked me? 63% of Americans don't have enough money and savings to cover a $500 emergency without going into Mm. debt. Wow. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are probably sitting back and they're pointing fingers and blaming, you know, the current inflation as the culprit. But the number was the same five years ago. Just people Mm. were putting the blame on some other issue, problem, Mm -hmm. or concern. And the reality is that the majority of us are just living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. You know what, baby girl, if this is you, it is time for a reality check. Yeah. Today, our guy, yes, I said guy, Brad Nelson helps to provide a really eye-opening outlook on debt, on money, and, 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 and he does it in ways that really challenges today's popular thinking. This man has dedicated his life to helping people with their personal finances and his program roots of personal finance has supported so many by helping them pay off tens of millions of dollars in debt and then to actually start saving big money. You know, on our show, it is our goal and purpose to help women reinvent and reinvigorate the second half of their life. But the reality is that, so we've seen by our statistic, so many people struggle with money and debt. And Brad teaches us that there is a simple process to help people develop a healthier financial mindset, which then allows them to take control of their finances so they can do more of what they love and live more life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, his, his message really comes from the heart. Um, as he and his wife, they decided to become debt-free early on in their marriage. And in 2018, his wife, Sarah gave birth to their beautiful daughter, Avery and Avery. She was born with a brain injury due to a lack of blood flow and oxygen to the brain and, and cerebral palsy as well. But being debt-free it allowed him and his wife to put all of their efforts into getting the care that Avery needed. Mm-hmm. And thankfully today, Avery, she is thriving. She is living a normal life. And Brad, Brad attributes her progress to the time that they were able to spend on Avery's care at a really early age. Yeah. Then unfortunately, Tragedy struck again earlier this year in March of 2023 when Brad suddenly lost his wife, Sarah, to a battle with mental illness and suicide. (sighs) Again, Brad, so hard. Brad and his financial life were tested. But because of the work that he and his wife had put into their finances leading up to this tragic event, he was able to remain debt-free while also allowing him and his children to have time and space to grieve their loss and rebuild their lives. It's so hard. And, you know, we have to ask ourselves those hard questions because we don't know what is coming down the path sometimes. And let me just ask you, girl, what, what kind of life are you living? Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Are you part of that 63% who can't pay for a $500 emergency? Don't be ashamed to raise your hand. This episode was hard for me because there are areas where I felt that pain in my gut of the areas where I really am unprepared and had to raise my hand. But this episode was also a great 
reminder for me that I have people like you, like Shelby, like friends and family that are here to support me. And we are here to support you and to provide you with the tools and the resources to elevate your life. This is why we need you to follow our show, to join our Facebook community. And we want you to know, most importantly, you are not alone. We are here to take this journey with you every step of the way. You know why? Because we are better together. Mm-hmm. So let's get off this crazy runaway money train together with our new friend, the debt-free dad, Brad Nelson. All right. Today we welcome to our show, Brad Nelson. Brad, Hi, Brad. thank you for being here. Hey, hey Shelby, so didn't much. we have moms who money on here? We did have moms who money and now we have debt-free dad. I love it. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you're <laughs> you're going to have to bring like the counterbalance. Like we don't get a lot of dudes on the show. So free <laughs> no pressure. No we pressure. To switch to that model where we get the voice of the male and the female on yes. both sides of a topic. <laughs> I like this. I love that. Admittedly, Brad- I, was, I was a little nervous about today's show because I, really? I know, you know, yeah, I know you guys, you know, obviously I have a lot of women and, you know, I'm yeah. a man and, you know, I, I was just like, I'm hopefully I can provide some value here today. Well, and we we worked- hope that you can too. So don't fall down on the job. <laughs> I'll do my <laughs> best. <laughs> No, but one of the things that we're really excited to have you on here is because you have said that you're able to provide us this sort of eye-opening outlook on debt and money that challenges popular thinking. So I would personally love to know what eye-opening outlook can you share with us that does challenge popular thinking? Yeah, I think the reality is hitting so many people in the face right now with mm. inflation and with the way oh expenses God. are right now. You know, literally yeah. top ramen is like seventy five dollars. Right. I <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, that that is the eye opening thing is that people are starting to realize, like, we we can't afford life the way that we used to be able to afford yeah. life. Yeah. And and the reality is, I think for a lot of people and and not everybody, and it's, you know, you don't want to say everyone, but for a lot of people, I think a lot of people before inflation happened were affording life, but barely. Mm-hmm. It was enough not to feel the pain mm-hmm. and enough to ignore the situation enough to say we're OK. Yeah, yeah. it'll work itself out. Right. And we we as humans have a really great way of selling ourselves that idea that <laughs> everything is just going to work itself out and everything's yeah. going to be perfect. Right? Be we, fine. Yeah. We put our head in the sand and, and just totally. think that it's going to be great. Well, the reality is, is when things like inflation show up or, you know, and, and it doesn't have to necessarily be like a, a nationwide thing could be job loss, could be, yeah. you know, death could be sickness, yeah. could be a lot of things. And all of a sudden we realize, wow, um, I didn't really realize that we actually built this house of cards and now things are starting to fall and we're starting to feel that like shit will fall apart really quick on you. Yeah, way you fast. Just a couple little things that aren't going right. And you look up like, oh, my God, like I yep. literally have no money. What is yeah. happening? Yeah. And that is the reality. And that and that's what we hope to achieve here with mostly of our companies, getting people to wake up sooner, not to let something like that happen. Right. It, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that sadly, though, is when most people actually say I need help is when the house of cards is falling. And right. yes, you can still get help. Yes, you can still make progress. But man, if you could get started before that stuff starts happening, you can make much faster progress because you're not dealing with this crisis and you know these these major life events that are happening. You can move much quicker because you are in a decent place, not in a great place, but in a decent place to start yeah. making some moves. And and that's what we try to do here is to hopefully get people to get that light bulb to go off sooner rather than yikes like when i lost my house 12 years ago during the housing bust back when that happened back in 2010 i lost my house to foreclosure was eventually able to short sell it but for me that was like a huge wake-up call like i need to get my stuff figured out because i i can't i can't live like this the rest of my life and i was very i guess now i'm grateful that it happened you know Mm. back in my you know late 20s and early 30s and i was like i could learn from that lesson and actually take advantage of that time during especially the decade of my 30s to get myself set up for the rest of my life well, let me ask you, I mean, for me and Shelby and for our baby girls out there living life in the middle, I feel like that sooner ship kind of has, has sailed, dude. Uh, like sooner is gone for us. 
Like yeah, we ain't in our twenties yeah. anymore, Brad. Yeah, Sorry, we, yeah. we I know we look like it. we're in our twenties, but <laughs> my Botox I know is a, a, it's still hanging on by a thread. But um, <laughs> so I, I like how do we deal with the we we're not in the sooner category mm-hmm. anymore. We're in the later category. So how do we deal with it at this stage? Well, here's what I can tell you after coaching thousands of people. Okay. The older ones are always regretting that they didn't start sooner. Yes, I'm not calling anyone old. Yeah. But those people who come to me who are in their 70s, because I have have members now who are in their 70s and they're getting their financial lives together. And they come to me and they say, I wish I would have started doing this 20, 30 years ago. Okay. I can be in the 20 years prior to 70 category. Yeah. Yep. And so I think that's the reality is that things... It's like I said, things don't get better on their own. So the sooner you get started, yes, it's tough. Like when you start talking about topics like, say, compound interest and, you know, the magic Mm -hmm. of compound interest is obviously starting young. (laughs) If you're like me and a lot of other people out there, you didn't start young. And when you start seeing the magic of what that could have looked like if you did it the right way way back then, it can be deflating. Like why even get started? Right. But. The reality is, is that you still can make progress. You can still get yourself out of debt. Uh, I just had a Roots member who uh, taught, we just had her on our podcast back in September, a few months ago. And her debt, her uh, her goal was to be debt-free by the age of 60. Mm-hmm. And she saved and paid off over 60 Like house 000. and everything. How, no, not her house. Just, just everything okay. else. Mortgages was okay. okay. She was okay with a mortgage. But she saved and paid off well over $60,000 within about a two-year period. That's um, awesome. And and became debt free by the age of sixty. She met her goal. So you know, I see people like this that are in their you know they're in their older years. They're facing. They're looking at retirement. They're saying, "Hey, you know, is it too late for me?" And the answer is no. Now, can I tell you would it be just as perfect as if you would have done all this stuff in your twenties? No, absolutely not. That's just not reality. But I can tell you that you'll be much better off if you start now and not yeah. use that as say as something like to hide away from it because. Those individuals that I coach that are in their late 60s and 70s, it's it's scary for them. Yeah. And, you know, they're on limited incomes or they're facing, you know, health issues where they can only work so much. And, you know, they're they're facing some some tough situations. But even those individuals are are really making some great progress and saving more money and and getting their finances under control. So uh, I don't know. I, I use that old saying of, you know, when's the best time to plant a, a shade tree? Well, it would have been 20 years ago. Exactly. Well, when's the next best time? Well, that's that's today. Right. right? So that's the kind of the way you want to look at it is like the sooner you get started, the better things are going to get. And will they be perfect? No, but hopefully you can. And it's tough for me, too. I have to swallow regret as well because I, I teach this stuff. I see it like I know what my life could have looked like if I didn't do so much stupid stuff with money all those years right. ago. Right. And uh, and it's tough. Like even I deal with that, that uh, that shame, you know, and I yeah. do this for a living. And I think that's just, you know, something you you can grow from though and learn from. And that's why I, I work even that much harder at it now uh, to make sure that the rest of my life is not going to be a disaster like it was all those years ago. Yeah. 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 So what are some practical steps that we can take right now to start um, putting a next foot forward toward a new financial plan? Yeah. I think um, for a lot of us, it, it really kind of comes down to laying a new foundation in your life, yeah. really figuring out and being becoming aware of where your money is going. We just had a, a statistic that we shared on our podcast, and this obviously I'm not picking on millennials; they get mad when you pick on them. But um, <laughs> it's so sensitive. Yeah, but this kind of goes across all generations. But it was nearly 50 percent of millennials had no idea what was going on in their bank account. Oh yeah, no clue. And and of the 2,000 people that were surveyed, uh, they all admitted that they spent at least 150 plus more hours scrolling social media than they did managing their money. Now, this so, is the 20 somethings, right? No, millennials. this is millennials. We're talking, you know, probably people in their early 30s all the way up to their mid 40s. Oh, I'm kind of right outside I, of the cusp. I'm, I'm not so old that I still think millennials <laughs> are in their 20s. It's terrible. <laughs> That's what I think, too. <laughs> no, no. So, I mean, but we're seeing we're seeing those kinds of numbers across like all generation levels. Mm-hmm. And I think okay. when it comes down to really regaining control of your finances and wanting to improve your financial mindset, we really got to figure out, okay, what is the real problem with your financial situation to begin with? Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's right there in their spending habits. So my first suggestion to anyone 
that either joins our membership or just wants some quick tips on how to get started is go back and print out the last three to six months. And if you're an overachiever, go back and print out and look at the last 12 months of your spending. Mm. Go to your bank statements, go get your credit cards out, go look at Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, any of these areas that you're spending money, buy now, pay later, which is exploding right now. It's unbelievable Mm -hmm. how big that has become. But start really looking at, you know, where is your money going? And for the overall majority of people, anyone that I tell this to, I've not had one person come back to me and the thousands of people that we've done over our podcast and coaching. And not one of them has ever come back to me and said, Brad, I didn't find anything that was shocking. Like I knew everything that I was spending my money on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And right. it's always the complete opposite. It's the, oh my gosh, I'm so sick to my stomach because mm-hmm. I can see what my problem is now. Like I didn't even realize we were spending so much on this or on that, or I'm not even using this stuff over here. And we're spending this amount of money on this on a monthly basis. Like we need How to How make- often is Amazon the problem? Right. Oh, a lot. (laughs) Number one area though is going out to eat. And that's why, you know, financial Mm -hmm. coaches and people who are in the finance industry, that's why we pick on it all the time because it is the number one area. I mean, I've seen people spend thousands of dollars a month on going out to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, um, you know, you named a couple of different things that really have stood out to me. I mean, Trinity called out Amazon. We called out, you know, dining out. Why? Why do people struggle so much with the money and and debt? Like, what is the root cause? And I don't know. One thing that stood out to me is that you're talking about, okay, we we push money out using things like an app or, you know, a debit card. Mm -hmm. And maybe it doesn't seem real in the way that it used to when you had cold, hard cash in your hand. But I'm curious to know what your impression of, you know, why people struggle so much with with managing their money. What's the struggle? I don't, I mean, I can't, you can't obviously can't speak for everybody because I mean, poverty is a real thing. I mean, that is a real thing that is a problem in the country. But for those people who are making, you know, a decent income, middle income earners, higher income earners, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to just, you know, marketing of debt and Mm -hmm. products is, is probably one of the, it's, it's the single best marketed product on the damn TikTok shop, y'all. Oh my goodness. I mean, just (laughs) products and debt. I mean, I was at the furniture store. Uh, My daughter goes to therapy. And uh, I dropped her off at therapy, went next door to this new furniture store that was there. And right on a couch, you can text to apply for a loan to instantly take that couch or piece of furniture home. How convenient. Just with, just with a text, you know? So I think where a lot of us, yes, technology is great and all of those things are great, but it's, they're making it so much easier, uh, number one, to spend money and number two, to spend money and go into debt for things that you probably don't need or, or really yeah. want at the end of the day. It's just that emotion that's driving a lot of those purchases. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's why I think buy now, pay later has exploded, especially those who are uh, having maybe poor credit scores, can't maybe get uh, their hands on more credit cards, things like that. They're starting to use buy now, pay later programs to obviously help, you know, make their budgets work or especially during the holidays and things like that. So I think, you know, a lot of it, again, I think marketing plays a big role, social influence, social media, all of the, all of that plays a huge role in what drives us. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of information and studies out there on even the neighborhood that you live in will Ooh. dictate how you handle your finances because your neighbors will influence your purchasing habits, the kind of car you drive, mm-hmm. the kind of landscaping that you have, the kind of stuff. How many you have damn in your Christmas garage. lights you got up on your house? Christmas oh lights, my right? <laughs> and if you know, if you're on TikTok or social media and you see these, and and it, you know, we mm-hmm. look at it as that's funny, but the reality is, is we internally struggle with a lot of those things. Yeah, for you sure. Know, as we record this episode right now, we're in the thick of the holiday season and all of the mm-hmm. advertising out there is either geared to to make you feel bad for what you have because it's not good enough or what you don't have. And of course, we want it. So we want to go out and and get it, keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak, right? So, you know, I think I think those things play a big role. But then, you know, obviously how you were raised plays a big role too. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and it's not uncommon for me to hear from people who are struggling with their finances, me included. Uh, you know, I just was never really taught about money. I wasn't, you know, I was taught the basics maybe of, you know, you should save or you should make sure you don't go into too much debt. But outside of that, I mean, that's a lot of people's just basic education about money. And, you know, you, you graduate and you get out of college or if you went to college, you get out of college and all of a sudden you're just supposed to figure this, all this stuff out on your own. And, and, and when you look at the marketing of debt and products, and then you look at what everybody else is doing, it's easy just to get sucked into that herd mentality of what everybody else is doing. Well, Sadly, 65% of people making fifty to $100,000 right now are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And Absolutely. 32% making $150,000 or more are also living paycheck to paycheck. 
Yeah. So, you know, we really got to be careful of, of falling for that look and that feel of, well, this, what, this, what financial success looks like. And the reality is, is these people may look good, but on the inside of their house, when behind closed doors, I mean, they're struggling like everybody else's. I need to have a big ass garage sale here at my house. And like, it'll be all new Amazon <laughs> stuff. Come on, ladies. Well, you know, that's interesting though, too, because I think, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking about how, you know, how we've gotten accustomed to living a certain yeah. level of lifestyle. And when something, you know, just so small as, you know, the inflation, really things are so much more expensive. Right. And yeah, so then your, your, your brain is stuck in this pattern of, you know, spending money and going out to dinner and doing all the things that you used to do. But it's hard to make a shift and a change and recognize, oh, man, you know, now the dinner I used to go out to, you know, was $50. Now it's $200. Now I can't do that anymore. Exactly. And to change your habits and patterns. So what tips or feedback do you have for us to, you know, dial back our spending under the circumstances? Yeah. And let's just make it easy. Like, let's like, we're hearing the message. We're feeling that ucky feeling in our guts. Like, oh yeah. Okay. I've screwed this up. So we come to you, Brad, and we're like, hey, I'm 52. I got nothing going on. I'm feeling this yuckiness in my gut. What's my step one, man? Yeah. So after you go through all those expenses, it really kind of comes down to, number one, like, what do you want to feel like when you think about your finances? Mm. You know, for for a lot of people, it's not a fun feeling. It's shame. It's I'm scared. I'm afraid. So to you, ask yourself the question, what what would I need in order to get rid of those feelings? Is that a certain amount of money in your savings account? Is that putting a certain amount of money away in your retirement account? Is that uh, paying off certain debts? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so really ask yourself, you know, what are some of those goals? And the reason I say that is because so many people who live paycheck to paycheck don't really have any real good firm, you know, financial goals. They're very loose. And, you know, I want to save more money or I, I would like to pay off more debt. And that's that's the extent of where they go, right? So once you have those goals set up, then you can now go through those expenses and figure out, okay, if I really believe in what I want my financial life to look like, what am I willing to sacrifice in order to get that? Hmm. And if I'm not willing to sacrifice anything, how do I make myself more valuable in the marketplace to go out and say, make more money? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's not always, especially if you're a decent incomer or a higher income or a high achiever, you know, if you're someone who's a go-getter and you know how to make money, I mean, there's, I mean, we all know that there's those types of people out there, you know, right. that'll, that'll find ways to make money. So, you know, if you're accustomed to your lifestyle and you don't want to cut it out, well, there's still going to be the sacrifice, but it's going to be the sacrifice on time. Well, right? I think that's the hard thing is that people like, yeah, we can go through, we make the list. I want to be debt-free and, you know, I want to have this much money in my account, but I don't know where to start. Like what? Get on. What's that? What's that app called? <laughs> Get get on there and start selling pictures in my feet. Like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, what is that next step? Like, I'm not gonna go be a Starbucks barista on the side. And we're at this place often in our careers where we feel like we've reached that glass ceiling, especially yeah. women. Don't even throw in women in midlife and then have the nerve to put on top of that women of midlife who are of color. I'm like, dude, I'm fucked. Like now what do I do? Right. So I think that's like, that's kind of the cross that we're bearing. And I think when we think about how do I reach these goals other than, you know, yeah, I don't have to eat out every day, but that might not save me enough money to get to where I'm getting. Correct. How do we get there? It's going to be a combination of things and it start. And again, I would recommend anyone make sure you start out small because, you know, you yeah. guys have already talked about, you know, cutting back on your lifestyle is not fun. It is <laughs> not fun. And I had to do it. And, and, you know, when I have to coach people how to do it and do it, it's it's not a fun feeling to have to take two or three steps backwards. But the reality is, is that everything that you have to cut out is temporary. And that's the way I would look at it is like, how can we just go temporary sacrifices for long term gains? Uh, everything that I cut out of my life to get out of debt, I can have back even still today. If I really want to go get it back, I can have it tomorrow. So, you know, a lot of these things that we realize that we, or that we feel like we need to have, or think we have, once you start really experiencing like true, I'll say financial peace, maybe even hope in your finances, you begin to realize like those sacrifices are so much more worth it than say having that stuff in my life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of people, and again, if you're if you're a you know middle income earner to a higher income earner, 
And I see this time and time again. There is definitely areas that you can improve. And yeah. for some people, some people say, well, you know, cost of living is so high. Well, the reality is, is you might be right. And you might have to really consider is where you live mm. the most important or is mm -hmm. your financial health more important? And do you need to consider making a a change and a move, you know, to, to move to a lower cost of living place where you can do some of those things. And that's one of the things that kind of has a head scratcher right now on TikTok because there's mm. all these people who are up in arms and just saying, well, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that, but they're also not willing to really make any changes or adjust with the way the things are in order to help get them there. Like I didn't become debt free by doing the same thing that kept me in debt for many, mm. many years. Right. Yeah. Right. Definition you know, I, of insanity. Right. I had to be willing to to do some things different. You know, I had to get rid of my new car and I went out and I drove a piece of shit 1996 Toyota Corolla for five <laughs> years. Wow. And I paid cash for that car and people laughed at it. You would not believe how many people made fun of me for that car. But here I am today. I work for myself. I run my own schedule. Nobody is my boss anymore. And I yeah. do what I want. So for me, I look at that and I'm like, you guys are the crazy ones. You know? Right. That was the <laughs> because, sacrifice worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Because for me, you know, when we talk about goals for me, I want time freedom in my life. That is the number one thing that I want, uh, especially after going through the things that I went through this past year with losing uh, my wife. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've realized very, very quickly, like time is the one thing that you never get back. Mm -hmm. And there is yeah. no amount of stuff or things or anything out there. Experiences. Yes. I love those, but things and stuff that just fill my house and you know, fill all of our lives up. It's like, I, I just don't need any of that stuff. I would rather have less stuff and more time, spend time with my kids, spend time doing things that I love, maybe not working as much, taking more time off, going on vacation, seeing things, you know, doing cool things, you know, that, that to me is financial free. And for everyone that's different. You know, I work with people who aren't willing to get rid of everything. That's totally okay. You know, they want their new car, totally okay. But if you don't sacrifice a new car, you gotta be willing to sacrifice in other areas. And for all of us, those areas are going to be different. So, yeah. you know, you know, Trina, you mentioned, you know, where do you get started? And I think that's what you need to ask yourself internally is what am I willing to sacrifice in order to get to this version of what financial freedom and financial health looks like to me? Because it looks different for everybody. And we also got to stop taking advice from people like me who say it's got to look just like this. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It needs to be your version of what that looks like. So it's and okay then if I sell pictures of my feet. Okay. <laughs> totally okay. Changing <laughs> <laughs> the podcast to Deerfoot Life. <laughs> Thank you, Deerfoot Life. <laughs> it's crazy oh hearing some of those stories about what those people get paid for some of that stuff, though. Hey, right. Man, I, I'm not hating on them. Get your hustle on, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I think that that's a you know a really good point is that we have to figure out what it is that we're willing to sacrifice. And I want to dive into a little bit more about how you're helping people actually pay off money. Cause I feel like we're talking about people that are making some sort of income that they are maybe just living paycheck to paycheck. And I might be able to um, go sell pictures of my feet online for <laughs> how, I don't know how much money that costs, but, and make a little extra money and just be fine. But I know people personally that have dug themselves out of hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. of, student loan debt and all kinds of debt. And so I would love to know also not just the people who are making it can do make a small adjustment and really be fine. What about the people who are really in debt? How can they start digging themselves out of that hole? Yeah. I mean, the the process that we share here at Defrey Dad and inside of our membership is, is really no different to, depending on the situation. It's no different. The only difference would be is if you started and you were say, uh, behind on bills. You know, if you have bills that are in collections and things, you might have a different route than say someone who is current and just wants to make things better. Right. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you are current and let's just say, you know, you're living really tight paycheck to paycheck, uh, first and foremost, number one thing you need to analyze and look at those behaviors, habits, and choices. And obviously looking at those expenses, that's step number one. Step number two is unfortunately, and sadly, and I hate to say it, and even as someone who teaches, I hate to say it, you need to have a plan every month. Like you need to have some sort of an expense plan for what's going on with your finances. And, you know, the word budget has gotten such a bad rap over the years, mm. you know, of, you know, it, it, it now has become like this term of you're cheap or you're broke or you don't make enough money or you're a penny pincher or you don't like nice things. Or And really, if you look up the word budget in the dictionary, none of that stuff is in there to describe the word budget. It is, it is literally just a plan for your expenses and your income. That is it at the end of the day. And, mm. What the reality is, though, when a lot of people start doing a budget, 
here's the problem with it is they realize once they do it, they've been living a life that they can't afford. Mm-hmm. And that's why they don't like to do the budget because it's staring them right in the face and saying, Hey, you can't live like this, even though you love the life that you're living. Yeah. You can't do that anymore because look at you, look at where you're at. You're, you know, you're feeling lousy, you're stressed, you know, you're worried about your money all the time. And uh, people don't like to face that reality. And I think that's why a lot of people kind of shy away from, you know, the word budget. The other, the other reason why a lot of people shy, shy away from it is uh, so I won't get into names, but big personal finance uh, personalities out there that mm-hmm. are, you know, very bullyish and, and just right. talking about, you know, you got to pretty much, you know, cut out everything of your life and including mm-hmm. the kids and you got to do everything <laughs> and everything to get out. And that's just, that, that might work for a small majority of people to go that extreme. Uh, I tried going that extreme when I first started because I was really excited, really motivated. I wanted to change it. But the reality is, is uh, I self-sabotaged a lot because I cut out so much out of my life and I would realize like, I'm, I, I'm, I can't even live like I, and then I would go and bust into my savings account and go live because it's like, I'm, I'm dying over here. Right. So, you know, when you, when you go through your budget, make sure you're spending some time on keeping some fun things in there. We're not uh, by all means suggesting, you know, cut everything out of your life because you also do have to live. You, you do work hard for your money. So you want to make sure you're enjoying some of that too. And, and being intentional with that. That's the idea behind the budget is instead of haphazardly spending, and letting your emotion take over you all the time, like when you're on Amazon after drinking a couple cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Trinity before? Right. Where are we hanging out? Um, but you know, but you know, you wanna you wanna make sure you just have control over some of that emotion. And that's what the budget is really gonna give you. Once, once you kind of have that in place, then it all kind of depends on your particular situation. You know, how much money do you have in savings? Do you need to beef that up a little bit so you have some money to to fall back on? You know. The overall majority, I think, is like 63% was the last percentage I heard uh, can't afford a $500 emergency expense without going into debt right now. And by the way, I want to just say that percentage was the same in 2017 before inflation. It hasn't changed. And a lot of people, you'll see these news articles. This is another, there's so much crap out there on, on personal finance. You see these news articles saying like, it's inflation's fault. But then there's articles back in 2017 that say the same statistics, but yet they're blaming something else. Yeah. Right. The reality is we're just not really good savers here. We're just not. We're, I mean, it's, it's for most of us, we're, we're spenders and I was too for a long time, you know, so savings is a big part of reducing a lot of that financial stress. Yeah. So how much savings, I know that you say that every person's financial picture is unique, but I'm curious to know what kind of guidelines do you recommend in terms of how much savings do we really need to have to navigate those emergency situations? And I mean, I think there are also big things that we want to be able to, to put money away for. So how do we, how do we figure those things out and what's kind of the rough estimate of what we do? Yeah. I mean, for the typical household, what I would suggest when you're, at least when you're starting, like if you, if you came in and you're like, "I, I have very little money in savings, we're living paycheck to paycheck. Priority number one is okay make the minimum payments on all of your debt right now. And we just want to beef up your savings because if, if you don't get out of the habit of using debt to save you for all those unexpected expenses, mm-hmm. like you're, you're never going to get out. It's just always going to be there. And, all right. this and was, so like, Hey, PS stop spending shit on your credit card. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, when right. You're paying off these things. Stop this. Right. Yeah. Right. Stop adding things to it. Now, if there are people out there and people argue, well, I pay my credit card off every month. And if you're one of those individuals, well then by all means keep doing that. But if you're, having revolving credit card debt every month and you're not making any progress and paying it off. You, you need to first focus on the savings because that's what's going to prevent you from continuing to use those credit cards, right? We need to break the break the habit. And then eventually, if you get to the point where your habits are so good, where you can use a credit card and pay it off every month and say, you know, take advantage of, you know, travel perks and rewards and all that kind of stuff, by all means, go do that. But I have people who come to me and argue that, but then they're like five, 10, 15, $20,000 in credit card debt. And it's like, yeah. well, you're losing that game right now. Right. right? So yes, savings first recommendation. If you're just getting started with no savings is at least a thousand to $3,000. I would say 3000 would be great. If you can get it up to five, that would be amazing, but everyone's income is different, right? So if you're a middle income family, I would say three is a pretty good goal. If you're someone who's more on the higher income side, maybe over a hundred thousand dollars, 5,000 would, would be amazing. I mean, it doesn't, you could take your car in for repair now and it's, you know, eight, yeah. $900 easy nowadays. I mean, everything's yeah. like a hundred bucks now, it seems. Easy. Yeah, for sure. 
So I want to um, just circle back to something. I know that you had said that you suffered a tragedy earlier this year. Yeah. And I know that you said that time is is one of the things that stands out to you. But I would love to know a little bit more about how that changed your mindset and the way that you just navigate life in general. Because I think that's one of the things that we fail to plan for is is facing some of these tragedies. And, and I think, you know, it's really important to, to be mindful of the fact that, you know, time is precious and we have to be prepared for those type of things. Yeah. And know that we're really sorry, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I, I, the first thing I want to just kick off, it has nothing to do with finances, just realizing that mental health is a very uh, real disease and um, it usually affects the people that you least expect. And uh, sadly, my wife had uh, had been dealing with some mental health challenges. She actually dealt with mental health challenges her, her whole entire life mm-hmm. and sadly went through some really tough stuff and fought through a lot to be the person that she turned out to be. And she she yeah. was just this amazing, uh, amazing person, amazing mother. She was an entrepreneur. She ran her own business. She was in direct sales. She did that for 10 plus years. And uh, man, she just kicked so much ass at that job. Mm-hmm. She was just so good at what she did. Uh, you want to talk about a high achiever who was like, you give her a goal, she's going to go out there and, and figure out how to make it happen. And, uh, you know, she's one of the reasons. And, you know, we we became debt-free uh, before uh, before we got married. She had gotten debt-free on her own. And uh, I had gotten debt-free on my own. We got married and she decided to go full-time in her job. And the reality is that the success that she had in her job was what allowed me to quit my job full-time and actually start this business and do it full-time And because we could rely on her income solely to to start doing some of that stuff. But uh, sadly, you know, she was, she was dealing with this started back in about 2020. She was dealing with some, some really tough mental health issues and started getting help. And, and unfortunately psychiatric type medications aren't always the best fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I just want to share with everyone out there is if you're on psychiatric medications and things don't feel right, make sure you're just talking to a close friend, mm-hmm. make sure you're talking to, uh, your partner or whoever you have in your life that you can trust. Because what my wife went through, especially the year before she passed away was nothing short of just tragic, you know, and sitting back and having, I I could not do anything. The mental health system is so broken in this country, even in the durable power of healthcare that I had with my wife. And we both had one on each other in case medically speaking, we were, we couldn't do anything in there. It even says like, I had nothing. I could do nothing for her when it came to her mental health. She was the only one that could make those decisions for herself. And she was just a completely different person. Like she, she, the medications had changed her uh, so much. And, and I want to mention the, the medications because for a lot of people, they're shocked. It was a simple, very low dose of Adderall that mm. caused the majority wow. of it in the last year that she was alive and caused very uh, significant hallucinations and manic episodes mm. and wow. all sorts of just incredible things. And I, and I know obviously this, this show is about money, but I think, you know, I want to take this as an opportunity to step up on this because I feel like it needs to be talked about. And, uh, yeah. Sadly, my wife had gotten so sick. I did everything I possibly could for her. We got her into partial hospitalization programs and therapy and everything that we could. And unfortunately, that sickness had just taken over. It was no different than, say, a cancer taking over a body. Even her physical being had changed. It was just it is just mind blowing um, to to see it and to witness it. And uh, sadly, she took her own life. And this was back in uh, end of February, early in March. And uh, it was a, it was a huge, you know, at the time, I mean, obviously it still is today. It's just a huge blow. You know, I never expected in any of that, that that was going to be the outcome. You know, it was, it was always, we're, you know, we're going to get through this, we'll get better and, and things will improve. But the reality is that just, that just wasn't the case. So uh, I have now um, been thrown into this whole new unexpected life, not only dealing with uh, being a single parent and being a you know surviving spouse, especially from you know a, a suicide, that's been weird to kind of work through. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. Uh, you know, working with my kids and and my daughter, um, my my older son is from uh, my first marriage, but you know was very close to to Sarah. And so yeah, I mean, this past year has been a very um, man worst time of my life. But at the same time, it's and it's you almost feel guilty about saying it was also a really good time personally for me in the sense of. I'm still here. You know, I'm pushing through it and we're figuring it out as a family and we're not going to use this as a domino to create more dominoes in our life that are going to go bad. We're going to, you know, we're going to push forward. We're going to work through this. We've all gone to therapy. We're continued to open to going to therapy, but I can say from a financial standpoint, let's get back to money real quick. Um, Having gone through this, whether, you know, your spouse passes away from something like a suicide or sickness or, you know, accidental death or whatever it might be. I can tell you firsthand, having gone through this, this past year, there's there's no better time in my life where I'm have been like 
more thankful and more grateful that we had done the work that we had done to prepare mm-hmm. for this situation. Because if we hadn't, I, my house would have been gone. Mm-hmm. Our stuff would have been gone. My kids would have been uprooted from their life. I mean, everything would have been, if I was living the life that I was living prior to doing the stuff that I do now, um, my whole life would have been destroyed with that because we lost an entire income in our family. Yeah. And, uh, my wife made more money than me, <laughs> you, know, so, you know, she, she did very, very well. So when we, you know, losing that, you know, from a financial standpoint is a huge blow. And a lot of people just, you know, we live in this bubble and we say like, that stuff's just not going to happen to me. And the reality is, is it can happen to you and it will happen to you eventually. My daughter was born uh, five years old, a little over five years ago. And my wife, Sarah had a perfectly healthy pregnancy. And uh, the day she was born, she ended up losing oxygen in the birth canal and uh, ended up suffering up to 30 seizures in the first 24 hours of her life and experienced a pretty significant brain injury. Oh and no. So that was another, you know, huge kind of just out of nowhere life event that, you know, again, you don't expect is going to happen. And and here we are and finding out that, you know, Avery's going to have a lot of special needs. They originally told us like, hey, you're you guys are probably looking at wheelchairs and feeding tubes and um, you know, she's never going to go to a normal school and she's not going to live a normal life. And we're very thankful, but because of the way that we handle our finances, because we worked at home, uh, Sarah and I were able to pour so much energy and effort and time into her therapy because we would go to therapy. They would teach us what to do. And then yeah. we would be working with her every single day, every single day. We're going to do this stuff. We're going to get you to where you need to be today. She's in 4k. She's in a completely normal school. And, uh, she is, has a little bit of a speech uh, delay but she is doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, but this little girl is an absolute miracle. And uh, I can't say I take all the credit, uh, yeah, right. but but I feel like because of all the work and the time and effort that we've been able to spend with her because we did create this life that we've mm-hmm. built, Yeah, it's, it's just helped her grow that much more that we could be a big part of that therapy for her because that was where a lot of it came from because you know spending an hour a week or two hours a week at therapy, I mean, yeah, that's great. That stuff's got to continue every single day. Mm-hmm. And uh, as her parents being home every day, we would flip days. Like I would work one day and then Sarah would be off. And then, you know, we would flip back and forth and we would just work with her. And um, that I think that's played a big role into who she is. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, you know, money and buying stuff and all that stuff. But the reality mm-hmm. comes down to is like, you know, you need to take control of your personal finances just because it's it's going to make your overall life that much easier, especially when life kicks you down because it's going to. And for so many people, that's like the next knife in the back. It's the first one, whatever the incident is. Then the second one comes when it's the financial side of dealing with whatever that crisis was. Mm -hmm. And so I think these, these two huge events over these last five years have, have really shown me that this work is, is the best work we've ever done because it's, it's really helped us navigate some of these really, really tough situations in life and, and be able to like, especially this year, be able to take some time off and. Uh, I'm going on a cruise next week, which I'm excited okay. about. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, going, going by myself, going with a friend and getting away from the kids for a little while. And I think right. you know, having control of your finances, it gives you time to heal because no matter what the situation is, whether it's death or sickness or anything like that, you, you need that opportunity for yourself. You need to, you need that. And by having that financial stability, you, you award yourself that by putting in all that hard work. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your personal story with our listener out there to, help us really understand at a deeper level the importance of being mindful about your finances. Because I think you're right. I think sometimes we lose sight and we just think, oh, how much money is coming in and how much how much credit card debt do I have? And we really fail to recognize and correlate the longstanding impact that an unexpected tragedy can have on our life. And the fact that you were articulating that even losing your wife, if you hadn't done the planning that you had, could have devastated your entire family that was already devastated because of the loss of your wife. And so, you know, this really is an important topic. And I think it's it's one that you're right. I don't think we're very well educated on this topic in society in general. I think, where is the education out there? And thank goodness for people out there like you that are willing to hold our hands and help us, you know, walk along the right path so that we're not caught in an unexpected situation that we're unable or incapacitated to deal with. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I think that's what's helped a lot of people with our podcast and our message is that we are, you know, we have five people on our podcast and all of us have different backgrounds. All of us have Mm -hmm. different experiences with money, but we're all normal people. None of us, 
live in these mansions or, you know, we're, we're speaking from this ivory tower, you know, we're all normal people living a normal life and we're all, you know, experiencing these life struggles, but we're sharing because of how we controlled our finances, like how we've taken control of those, how that's helped us through a lot of those things in life. And, and I think a lot of people out there can, they can resonate with that because it's like, yeah. Hey, this, this is tough. Like I don't have a million dollars in the bank. Like, you know, I don't have this huge, you know, uh, amount of money in, a, in an emergency fund right now. So what do I do? And, you know, we're, we're sharing like, Hey, that was our experience too. And these are the things that we've done and this is what's helped us. Yeah. And I think that touch to reality is so, so helpful because I think people can really, it really resonates with people. Um, they can really see themselves in your story. So thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, you're and welcome. If, thank you. Yeah. And if our listener wanted to find you and learn more about, it sounds like you've got a community and a podcast, we'd love to know how we can tap into some of your wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're looking for more information on how to get connected with us, you can go over to defreedad.com. Uh, we've got lots of great resources, especially our Defrey Dad podcast. We just published our, uh, you guys are podcast host. You guys will love this. 200 episodes. We just yeah. celebrated. We're so excited about that. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. So we're, we're really, really thrilled about that and uh, really spending some time right now investing into that show and, and making it so much better. We're really excited about next year and uh, all of the new changes that we have coming. So if you're looking just to get started, I would just, that would be the first place I would go because not only are you going to hear from people like me, but you're going to hear from people who are single who have done this. Uh, we got yeah. I want to just say one one shout out. If you're single, because there's a lot of people who are like, well, what if I'm single? How am I going to do this? I'm, I got Katie on my show. Katie is an old high school friend of mine. She started doing the same stuff that we are talking about. Check this out. Making $13 an hour five years ago. Oh, wow. She five years paid, ago? She has now paid off over $130,000 in debt five years wow. ago. Wow. Unbelievable. It's incredible, right? Hey, so she's a real she, MVP, honey. She is, man. She she is. And that's why she's on our show because she's going to bring in a different perspective of like, hey, I'm single. I've been through this. This is what I did. This is how it works for me. And then we've got people who have been married, people who have been divorced. And, you know, it's it's just a really good place if you're looking just to say, like, I want to just hear from some normal people, you know, yeah. of how they're doing this. <laughs> right. Um, so that's a great place. And then obviously on our website, we've got some free workshops that you can take advantage of. Uh, yes, we do have our paid membership, which is called Roots Personal Finance. This is where we uh, work more uh, personally with our members. Uh, and I think the biggest difference for a lot of people, and a lot of people say, you know, like, what do you feel is the biggest difference maker for people to successfully get out of debt? And I think the number one area most people miss is support and accountability because it mm -hmm. takes a while. You know, for, for someone to spend, you know, a year or two really working seriously on a goal, like you need that really good support and accountability you know, yeah. to, to keep pushing you. Because again, when we look at the societal pressures, the marketing and social influence, it's easy to kind of get mm -hmm. sucked back into that life when things aren't going well. Yeah. And uh, when you have a good community of people who are doing this stuff with you right beside you, um, you're, you're more motivated to stick with it. And uh, that's what we see makes a huge difference for a lot of people. So there's that option too, but uh, by all means, get started with the Defrey Dead podcast. So much great stuff there. That's awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much, Brad, for being here today. We've really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you guys. Ooh, Brad, hard truths, good truths, and definitely so eye-opening in areas that I am committed to begin shifting my life. Thank you for this conversation, Brad. So good. My first takeaway is, look, start planning your financial future as soon as possible. If you didn't start when you were young, then the best time to start is right now without yes. delay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't delay any further. Mm -mm. Number two, the best first step is to evaluate the last six to 12 months of spending and then determine what opportunities there are to shift your spending habits. Yes. And then third, after you do that and you review where you're spending all of your money, and if it's like me, it's going to be Amazon, 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 <laughs> plus another trip to Amazon. So you, you've got to imagine what you want to feel like when you think about your finances. And then consider what you're willing to sacrifice to get there. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of areas I can sacrifice in order to feel the way that I want to feel, to feel that freedom when I think about my finances. For sure. You know, the word budget has gotten such a bad rap, you know, mm -hmm. over the years. But the reality is that you need to have a plan 
every month to cover your expenses. But when you're building your budget, you should also include some discretionary spending for having fun and enjoying life, right? So there has to be a balance there. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you're going to fall off the wagon, trust and believe. Yeah, exactly. Right? Be running and after then, that Amazon truck again. Exactly. I'd be like, Amazon, hold up. <laughs> hold up, baby. So after you have gotten visibility into your spending habits, then guess what it's time for? It is time for you to start saving some money. We already know about the 63% of people that can't afford a $500 emergency expense without going into debt. You don't have to be one of those getting money into your account so that you can ideally have a minimum of $1,000 and up to $5,000 if possible to save for emergencies, to feel prepared, to feel that freedom start to enter your life again versus feeling like I need to put my hand head down in the sand right. and hide from the reality of what's going on. You can create your own reality and now is the time to start. And you know, Shelby and I are working really, really hard in the background to create a new reality for the Dear Midlife podcast. In 2024, there are so many new things coming your way, different communities, opportunities to learn, opportunities to level up and create a giant life in midlife. Stop living small. You're bigger than that. We are bigger than that. And it is time to create this together. So keep your eyes open. We are going to have some great announcements coming soon. And in the meantime, we need you to like, we need you to subscribe. We need you to leave a comment. For God's sake, can you share this podcast with a sister out there somewhere? (laughs) Because we need more of us whooping it up, living big, and having a great life here together every week right here in the middle.